Hello and welcome to what I can only describe as a very, very special, we'll throw the extra very in there, edition of the In The Money Players podcast. Because not only is this our Santa Anita opening day special, but it is also, and I can't even believe it as I'm saying these words out loud, the fifth anniversary of In The Money Media as a separate entity. Sure, we were around Longer than that, uh, with the old place with the letters, we went around uh, whatever it was, three or four years before that. But it was five years ago on Christmas Eve without any idea what the future would hold that uh, one of the co-hosts on the show today and I uh, spitballed our way through that year's opening day, Santa Anita. I think we had some winners as memory serves, and uh, we've been on the run ever since. And just want to start the show with the thank you I usually do at the end to all the listeners, to all the viewers, to all the, the clients, to all the partners, to everybody who supported us. Never thought we'd be where we are. Let's introduce this panel. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, the man I was referring to, turning up uh, from upstate New York in a lovely Santa Anita JK plus one collection shirt. Maybe I'll find one of those under my tree. If I'm lucky, we bring him in now. He's Jonathan Kinchin. JK, you ever think uh, when we started this five years ago that In the Money Media would uh, would become what it became? No, look, I mean, I just thought that it would, uh, you know, it would be a way for us to continue to kind of chit chat about races uh, when the place with the letters um decided that they didn't want to continue on with uh with the podcast and so I was like oh we'll just we'll see what happens and it turns out that it was a, a blessing in disguise and it's been it's been a ton of fun so i i i agree and i, I co-sign all of your sentiments well the thing about uh that company you know we're friends with them again but speaking to the leadership back then you know the last thing they would have needed was a few extra million in revenue so you know it's not like they lost out on anything Anyway, let's get to the guests on today's show. Very, very happy to welcome back, as we did last year, for the opening day show. And uh, we've had him on so many times and done so many co-productions with this man. He is the, the denizen of the suites at Santa Anita and so much more from the Santa Anita Marketing Department. He's Chappie, Jeff Chapman. Chappie, what up? What's happening, guys? Yeah, I thought this was a... Um... A Christmas show, but it's actually an anniversary show. So happy anniversary to to the both of you, and uh, welcome to everybody. I, I'm so proud today. I I was telling you guys before the show, I get to wear my crazy cat shirt today, and I don't get well. I get a few looks, but not like normal. And I also have some from flowing hair going today. So <laughs> a couple things going for me. I'm feeling good about myself for the next hour. Looking good, Chappie. Very much so. Uh, very much uh, looking excellent in the cat sweater. But you're, you know, you're not to be outdone because we have another. Yes, <clears throat> we're so excited to have back um, with us because he's responsible for one of my favorite moments on a previous Christmas episode of the podcast. And hopefully we'll get him to do a little, uh, a little storytelling later in the show. He's responsible for the greatest story of degeneracy ever told, but we're going to put a pin in that because he's also known as a very sharp handicapper and extremely excited to hear what he thinks about this pick six on Santa Anita opening day. I refer to skip pairing skip. What's going on. What's going on, Pete JK Chappie. You look awful festive. I love the, the dreadlocks there, buddy. <laughs> You guys are doing a great job with this show. Thank you for having me on. Merry Christmas to you all. And uh, I can't wait to go over the card on Santa Anita. I'm looking forward to this. Now, it looks, Skip, I've known you a decent amount of time. I am guessing that all that fantastic 
festooning and Christmas decorating behind you. That that does. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not you. I'm guessing there was a, a, a an elf involved uh, putting that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the best decorator. I do outside. I get the lights outside. Uh, my wife Janie, she gets the the stuff inside. She does a great job, and I wanted to get in the festivities. And uh, I'm known as Skippy Claus, so I thought I'd get a little dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> Skippy Santa Claus, indeed. We'll get more to that story. Stay tuned at the end when the capping is over. You're going to want to hear that one. Okay, let's talk about Santa Anita opening day. The undercard's interesting, too. There's a couple of stakes races before the races we're even going to be talking about today. Make sure you get locked in for this whole thing. It starts at uh, at 2 o'clock on uh, – and that's, that's going to be 2 o'clock uh, – uh, Eastern time. So 11 o'clock local early post, make sure you get out there. And we're going to start off talking about a race that goes at four 30 Eastern time that kicks off our pick six. That's the grade two San Antonio Skippy Santa Claus. Let's start with you. How do you want to light this candle? You know, I like two horses in this race. Um, I really like the way that salesman won its last race. Um, this horse has been wanting to go on the dirt, or at least I've been waiting for it to go on the dirt. And they finally got a good, you know, a nice race over at Santa Anita. I know it was going a mile five eighths, but I think this is definitely a dirt, for, dirt horse. And it always works really, really good in the morning. But the last couple works and going into its last race, it worked better than usual. And the work on the, the 16th of December, I didn't put good work. I put great work. I love the way that this worked. If you guys get a chance, go and look at it on XBTV. It's a really, really good work. So I think that horse will be very tough. I like Money Mike Smith getting aboard. Um, the other horse I was going to use is the horse that Pratt's on for Sadler, uh, Subsanador. This horse has been working lights out in the morning, too. Uh, the December 4th, 111 and 4 the 125, and the one that I liked the most was the last one, 113 and 1. This horse sat behind a horse and just blew by it with its ears up. I think this is going to be a very, very nice for John Sadler. So look out for those two. Those are the only two I'm going to be using. Two and five. It's competitive-looking market with five of the six in the betting. But Skip looking to get through with just two, uh, two five to the hoop for him. Chappie, how about you? How do you see this one? I'm kind of the same uh... – stance is skippy here you know there's a lot of speed in this race it's a kind of amazing brickyard rides going a mile on the 16th in here i think uh how the race sets up is going to be interesting that i did like the the work was very impressive of Subsandador the last time and he sat relaxed behind the workmate and then just absolutely blew by so i think he's going to get a good stalking trip when along the salesman's line with skip if you go back Ever since that horse arrived, one of the best workhorses you had ever seen. And we, we had talked about that many a time. Um, I actually singled that horse on November 4th. It, it'll be interesting to see because that horse likes to go. Um, so I, I'm leaning towards Substandador just because of uh, a stalking trip horse. Obviously, the horse likes to win races seven of nine. And there looks to be a ton of pace in this race. Five and two, two and five from the two guests so far. Yeah, salesman has fascinating. It's not on, not a pedigree. I necessarily would have thought uh, dirt being out of the French Dam and being by Dubawi, but as we've seen, very good figures in these two dirt starts. J.K., are you with the crew? Is salesman one of the key horses to kick things off in the San Antonio in this pick six? Yeah, look, the tricky part about it is, I'm just going to be honest, I, I probably wouldn't play this pick six. I don't have a strong opinion here. I need to use like four horses. I would probably come back and play the pick five, obviously, uh, you know, a, a great wager in its own right. 
Um, you know, look, I need to have stiletto. I need salesmen, although I don't trust salesmen, right? The horse went a mile and five eighths last time. And now we're talking about a horse that's going to be bet significantly in a race going a mile and a 16th. Uh, those are two different things, obviously. Brickyard Ride, he's a little sneaky. He can get loose in these races because he runs so fast early, kind of, you know, put horses away. And then when it comes to a horse like Subsandador, you don't really know exactly who he is. You know, he's one of those horses that, you know, I'd love to look at the workout report to learn a little bit more about as well. I know the guys have said, but just to, to kind of dig a little deeper, my point is I don't have a strong opinion here. I would probably need to use four to, to feel like I was safe. One, two, three, and five. Will you ever take a shot in a situation like that, JK, where it's an open looking race and maybe you have strong enough opinions later on that you just do sort of a smaller pick six, almost, you know, just taking a shot in a race like this. And, and then if you, you know, especially treat that if you are alive as like a basically a press in the pick five, you were going to play anyway, or is your inclination more to just leave it? No, you could do that. I mean, yeah, you'd have to pick one of the horses in here in single. You know, maybe for me, the one I think probably offers the most value would be like Brickyard Ride. Like people are going to, you know, look, you're going to get a thrill at least when they turn for home. He's likely to be in front. Um, and, and then and just kind of see what happens from there. And yeah, to your point, if you miss that very cheap early pick six ticket, then you're obviously in position to come back with a pick five. Uh, if you hit that early pick six ticket, you can still come back with that early pick five but you don't have to press that all a line as much because you already have it alive in the pick six. So um, yeah, there's some, there's some ways around it. Let's move yeah. on. Oh, Real you quick. go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say it ain't such a neat horse. My, my worry is I just don't think Brickyard ride is Brickyard ride anymore. And that, that you know, tailed off significantly, maybe this little time off and, and with the blinkers off, but I think they're kind of grasping at straws at this point. He just doesn't seem like he's the same horse anymore. A pace factor, at least, and those who believe will get a little bit of extra juice in the odds, certainly compared to what they would have from an on-form Brickyard ride trying to stretch out. We'll see what happens on Tuesday afternoon as we continue with race number six, seven, excuse me. We get to go down the hill now, six and a half for these allowance types. JK, let's keep it with you. Yeah, I'm pretty straightforward here. I think Beef Winslow is very interesting. One of my favorite angles is cutbacks going down the hill. That's Beef Winslow. I think Hawker, another one, doesn't have as much early speed, but is cutting back. I'll use those two as A horses, and then I'll use Booksmart as a B. I'm not a big believer in the five furlong speed horses stretching out. I think their weapon gets a little bit dulled down the hill. But, man, this horse ran really fast last time. I can't allow him to beat me. I'll use as a B horse. So I'll go four or five as A's and the seven as a B. Chappie, let's bring you back in. How do you see this one? Uh, so if, if if I would do um, normally, I'll, I'll I'll do two two smaller tickets and I'll have a single. And to me, this is a race where I I, I think the price could win. Um, one of the tickets I would single Hawker. Um, I've always thought this horse had a ton of talent. Um, the 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 trip two back was absolutely brutal off the layoff. Then went long the last time and uh, had a little trouble again. I like the fact that JJ jumps aboard here. I think this horse has a lot of talent. He's faced some good ones. And um, I think Hawkers at eight to one is going to run a, a huge race. And then another another ticket I would spread. I, I would I like Beef Winslow. You know, I would even use a horse like Catalina Eddie drawn outside who's two for two on the turf, cutting back. And I know this horse hasn't ran since April. Uh, but the horse has done no wrong at a big price. There's a few others I might use, uh, like a Minister Shane, um, King Apollo. So Hawker as a single and then Spreadsville in uh, 
the backup ticket. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm going to name check the four and the 10 as one's on your backup line, Chappie. But I really like the case for Hawker that both you and JK are making. You can just see those excuses and you can see those tricky setups the last two. And now with that five furlong speed stretching out, going down the hill, maybe the pace is there to set up a late run from Hawker. Skip, how about you? Can, can you uh, make the case for Hawker too? Or is your eye drawn in another direction in this spot? No, I definitely will be using Hawker. Uh, I'm going to mention a couple other ones that J.K. and Chappie didn't mention. Um, I'm definitely going to put the one on my ticket, living life. Uh, I like, like J.K. said, I love when they cut back from a mile going down this six-and-a-half downhill turf. That horse had a wide trip, uh, tough trip. It, it, I, I put on my notes, this horse should love the downhill. I don't like the inside draw. Usually right. coming down the hill, the inside draw is, is not good, but this horse doesn't have speed. I think Mike Smith will take hold. And uh, he'll end up working out a good trip. The other one that I was going to mention that nobody else did would be the um, Dr. Soulfire for Michael McCarthy. Uh, that last race at Del Mar uh, broke from the 12 hole out of 12. Uh, that was a brutal trip. Uh, wide trip. Just kind of, Saez kind of chirped it once, turning for home, and it didn't have anything. It just lost too much ground. I love this horse cutting back to six and a half, two down the hill. I think that horse might work out a trip for a little bit of a price, but my top play would be obviously Beep Winslow. Uh, Mark Glatt claimed this horse two back, or, and he's won two races. I mean, this horse has looked really good. Last time it had a, a troubled trip. It, it got beat a nose. They put it up uh, via disqualification. This horse is sharp right now. I love that Pratt jumps aboard. Um, and another one, I want to tell you, Frankie DeTore, he rides every race great. He's a great yeah. jock. But I'm telling you, he really rides this downhill turf course really good. He's got a very good win percentage. So King Apollo will definitely be on my ticket also. So, so with all that being said, I'm Spreads villain here. I'm definitely going one. I'm definitely going Beef Winslow, Hawker, King Apollo, Booksmart with that cheap speed. But that horse will be in front. And I'm going to also use Dr. Soulfire. So I'm Spreadsville. All over the map here. I'm, I wrote down four one nine five six seven. Does that sound right, Skip? That's right. Trying to catch a price in race number seven here in this Boxing Day Santa Anita Opening Day pick six. Next up, we've got Grade One action in the form of the Malibu. These three-year-olds going seven furlongs. Field of eight going postward. Skip, who's your idea of the winner of this traditional Opening Day feature? You know, this is always one of my favorite races on opening day. I love the grade one Malibu. I remember going out with my dad when I was just a youngster, and we would love this race. Uh, with that being said, I'm, I'm going to use Giant Mischief. Obviously, the race goes through Baffert. He's got three in here. But I, I like Giant Mischief. I think this horse is going to get a good trip. Uh, that last race, it got beat by Traeger. Traeger's a nice horse for Mark Glatt. Um, I think this horse could work out a trip. There looks like there's a lot of speed in here. I know Speedboat Beach will probably be in front with Pratt. Um, Fort Bragg, I, I think this horse will love the seven for long distance. I I, it, I think this is a one-turn horse, even you know it's by Tappet. I like its one-turn races the most. I love that uh, Irad jumps aboard. Another one I'm going to use is obviously Hijazi. This horse was point. $5 million purchase. It finally looked like it put things together. It's last race took a break from April to, to November and it won for fun, five and a half lengths. I love the outside draw for this horse. It's got speed or it could sit off. 
And I'm thinking about maybe using Raise Kane too. But my top play would be Hajazi. Definitely Giant Mischief. Fort Bragg. Speedboat Beach will be in front. And maybe Raise Kane. I think it's a tough race. But uh, we'll see what happens. Sounds like the seven and the one would be your A's in here. Right. And then uh, backing up. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Fort Bragg and and uh, Speedboat Beach, so the two and the three. Did I get did I get those numbers right? I'm going to send these notes around to our In the Money Plus subscribers, so they get a little digest of them. That's why I'm being so persnickety with you here, Skip. But uh, no, you're time. absolutely right, and I'm sorry I don't have the numbers. So don't worry, I'll, I'll that's my job. I'm straight hosting today for a number of reasons, and that's and, and, I, and I can pick up the bit as far as that goes. Chappie, let's bring you. Back in, I do think Hijazi, interesting item. This horse had so much hype long ago, and now maybe at the end of this uh, three-year-old season, starting to live up to it. What do you think of Hijazi in this spot? Okay, so first of all, the, my A's would be the Bafferts. Um, my top A would be Hijazi, and it's very interesting when Hijazi made um, his debut. I was in the paddock, standing next to Hijazi. And I actually singled Classical Cat, which was a uh, D'Amato horse to beat him that day. And I looked at Hijazi and I said, they paid $3.5 for this? Because the, <laughs> the horse looked like a little rat. And so I was very much against Hijazi moving forward. After that time off, when he came back, now granted, he, I don't know how much he beat the last time, but he looked so much bigger stronger, filled out like a completely different horse. And I think he is going to be this year. So I like the outside draw. I think he can sit off. Obviously, Speedboat Beach is going. He would be my top play in here. Um, I'm, I like Hajazi at three to one. Seven, three, two. And how funny, you know, this is an anniversary show, JK. And how funny that Chappie goes with the Baffert one, two, three, while literally wearing a silver wig. <laughs> Yeah, he, he didn't let us down. Uh, for me, it's pretty straightforward. I think Fort Bragg showed how good of a one-turn horse he was throughout the entire year. All I need is Fort Bragg and Speedboat Beach. I considered using Speedboat Beach as the only horse that could beat elite power. Why the hell wouldn't I single him and, and, and treat him that way here? I do need to use Fort Bragg, and those are the only two that I need. Uh, Hijazi will have to point it, uh, have to prove it to me. What what's the knock, J.K.? Just you, you know, just not sold that that. Just the other two are better. Represents a new level of ability. I mean, I I take the boy's point about uh, him looking like a new horse at a time when horses often grow up, and I also take their point about the great trip he's going to get out there in the six. Uh, no, just the other two are better. I, I mean, I, I just think that Fort Bragg is is better. I, I think that Speedwell Beach is better. Um, I think they've been more accomplished throughout the year. So it's really it's really pretty much that simple. And and you know you can't use them all type of thing. Um, JK so, going, with the, going with the old fastest horse, bet the fastest horses angle, which is one that uh, is a great one that sometimes actually one. gets overlooked on these airwaves and elsewhere. Let's JK, Yo, JK, it's one thing I, I've loved Fort Bragg, and maybe I look way into work sometimes because I, I try to get some kind of an edge, right? Like for first time starters watching things. I've singled Fort Bragg so many times. So going into this race, I wanted to single Fort Bragg. And that last work, the, the bullet work, it says 59-1. Fort Bragg moved up on a couple of horses. I think it was a sheriff's horse. And then never got by in the lane. Now, maybe I, you know, look, I'm looking way too into that. So that made me not single and use the other two Bafferts. I, 
for what it's worth. You might think I'm a complete lunatic for that, but uh, no, I mean, you got you got to take what you you got to take the information you have, digest it, and make decisions. That's what this game's all Chappie, about. Chappy, to be fair, I do think you're a complete lunatic, but it has nothing well, to do with Jaws. Well, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Look at the man. All right, let's pivot to talk about graded stakes action on the turf, which comes to us in the form of race number nine scheduled for six Eastern. Oh, international viewers, by the way, I will be on for the Santa Anita card on Sky Sports Racing. Tune in. We'll have some fun with that. And uh, this is one of the highlights for me. Grade two, Mathis Mile. We're going a mile on the turf. We've got a field of seven going postward. JK, we're going to keep it with you. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll save more drawn out conversations for other spots. I, I don't have a strong opinion here either. I'm going to use. Uh, I mean, I guess if Chad Brown was in here, I would just single him because he he seems to go out there and win all the grass races. But since he's not in here, I do need to spread a little bit. I'll use a two panic alarm. Uh, the four Allendaris feels like the most likely winner, but one that you know has that kind of jump up number last time. I don't necessarily trust. Got a nice pace to close into last time. Going to be a little bit over bet with Flavian and, and Phil D'Amato. And I'll also use the six and the seven. Other two horses that I felt like, given the right trips, they can win. And, and, and you know, Pete and, and, and those who listen to the show, I'll, I'll spread in races that, like this because I – have other opinions. If, if my opinions weren't where they were elsewhere, then I would feel like I needed to kind of cut some corners here. But I think in the midst of this sequence, I don't need to cut any corners. I'll use those four horses. And will you grade them? Or the way I'm hearing you, as I sometimes just sort of interpret, I, I sort of intuitively wrote down the two and the four as A's and the six and the seven as B's for you, Jonathan. But is it is it more? No, 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 no. They're they're all A's to me. I guess if you were in a position where you had a way to bet the four a little bit more, I would recommend doing that. But if you're not, you just kind of got to roll with it. So I, I'm going to use all four of them equally. Four, two, six, seven is how I'm going to write that one down for Jonathan in the Mathis Brothers. Mile, Chappie will bring you back in to uh, offer your opinion on this. Same four. Uh, I'm going to add the one in there. So I'm spreading in here. I'm one, two, four, six, seven. Uh, the one thing I think about the four, maybe the horse to beat. Jonathan said exactly what I wrote down. Um, if you go back and watch that race, they went fast early, got the perfect, perfect setup, and I think will be over bet because of that. Now, granted, some of that is Pratt. Pratt always seems to put him in the right spot, uh, but that horse got an absolute perfect trip. They went fast, and he just kind of – he didn't have a giant turn of foot, just kind of went by him late. So I, it, it, it's a must-use, but I'm spreading in here. That horse is going to be well over bet. Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky to figure out exactly what the pace situation is going to be in here. So I hear both of you not wanting to uh, get too committal. Chappie, in terms of the five numbers you mentioned, do you have a top pick among them? Would you grade them as A's or B's, or is it more just spread and, and survive? My, my A's would be um, four, six, seven, and then my four, B's would be B's is one, two. That works for me. JK mentioned about Chad Brown not having a runner. I, I saw something somewhere that there were flight issues with trying to get some horses from the East coast out to the West for this a little bit. I mean, we ended up with some competitive racing, but uh, disappointing if that's true. You hear anything about that Chappie? I heard a little, uh, yeah, some FedEx problems and uh, just the rumors floating around that they were expecting some horses that couldn't make it. That's, that's all, honestly all I know, but yes, I did hear that. It is yeah. what it is. We have the card drawn and uh, we are going to be, betting on it with great enthusiasm. Skip, let's bring you in. We have two votes for a spread here. Uh, I'm looking for somebody with uh, with some courage of convictions. I, I want to hear I want to hear, you know, a confident uh, opinion on this one. What do you think is going to happen? 
Well, I'm going to mention a horse that they didn't, and that's Watsonville. Uh, I like this horse. This is my top play. This horse nice. was very sharp at Del or Delmar. Ended up breaking his maiden once they stretched this horse out. And Chappie and I on the radio show, we we talked about it. We, I said, I can't wait for them to stretch this horse out. They did. It won. Came right back and won again. I tell you, this horse, if you get a chance, go back and watch that Twilight Derby. This horse ran giant. This horse ran the best out of all those in there, I think. It stumbled coming out. It was broke from way outside. They went fast. And this horse hung around till the end. I like Watsonville an awful lot. I think it's going to get a great trip in here. There's not a whole lot of speed. I think this horse might be right off calm seas. And I think Watsonville's got a big shot. You know, they raced in the Hollywood Derby. Maybe it, it came back and it bounced a little bit after that big race in the Twilight Derby. And uh, who did it get beat by? Yes, a Chad Brown. <laughs> Program <laughs> trading. So Watsonville's going to be my top pick. I also like the replay, as they mentioned, uh, on Panic Alarm. This horse in that same Twilight Derby never really got clear sailing. It was in between horses. It never really had a clear path to run in. So I'm definitely going to use Panic Alarm. And then the third horse is Almendares. This horse is sharp. I think it's going to be over bet. So I'm Watsonville, Panic Alarm, and Almendares. I like the case on Watsonville. I see your point about the twilight run, you know, with that tardy beginning, then moved into the fastest part of that race and then just, you know, uh, was a little bit out of gas late. But that was a mile and an eighth anyway and probably right. would have gone better with a smoother run through. And here, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised with, with an enterprising ride by by Freysu to, to, for him to go to the lead unless uh, Irad or uh, or Mario decide they want to get biggie with the one or the three. So that, that that's a case I'm, I'm buying. And one I'll probably be uh, getting stuck into a little bit in race number nine, the Mathis Brothers Mile. More grade one action up next. We've got the three-year-old Phillies in the La Brea, uh, maybe the most competitive race of the day. I did a full write-up on this one over at attheraces.com. We've got a field of 10 going postward. Skip, who's your idea of the winner? I'm going to single in here. I really like the way that Howell has won its last or first two races. The one at Keeneland. He was bet way down. I think he was 12 to 1 on the line that day. He was The word was out. I was up fishing in Mammoth, and uh, I made a wager on it. And uh, I'll never forget, I was at the lake watching TVG, and lo and behold, it went for fun. It was a good day. Not only was I catching fish and drinking beer, but I was making some money, too. So it was oh, all good. That's and then it came back at Laurel Park in the Safely Cap, which, you know, breaking a maiden, come right back into a stakes. That's, that's not the easiest thing to do. And this horse did it. And now it's come back to work twice, and it's worked very fast. I didn't get a chance to see the workouts, but 59-3, and three, uh, Pratt jumps aboard again. I, I think Howell is a single. I think this is going to be a nice, nice horse for Brad Cox. Lots of positives, and I love the fishing gambling story. That's a double I've never done, but you're making me think, Skip. we got to get you to Saratoga. Maybe we'll get the, the boat out on the lake next summer and and uh, do a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the, the cell signal's not bad out there on the lake. We could easily watch and, and, and do a little bit of wagering if we can get you east. I mean, do you ever leave California, though? I do leave California, he but uh, even leave Arcadia. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a Kings game or Arcadia. <laughs> well, I have a dog that I have to take everywhere with me because nobody will watch her. So my, where I go, she's got to go with me. So I'm not getting on any planes. I got to drive everywhere. Yes. Oh, well, hey, when, we're, when we're doing our live show, he has Zenyatta cam and he's watching her live on his phone. Yeah. 
I got a camera outside and I got a camera for her room. And yes, her name is Zenyatta. And she uh, I, the whole time. She does. I, I nearly named my daughter that. So we're 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 out of feather <laughs> in that regard as well. Chappies enjoyed the uh what we call the degenerate flop house hospitality in Saratoga before we got to get you back east at some point when Santa Anita isn't running as well. But for right now, Chappie, let's get down to brass tacks. What's gonna win the La Brea? Oh, it's a tough race. I mean, I'm going to use Skippy's Howl. I'm I'll, I'll, I'm going to spread a little bit in here. I'll mention a couple horses in here. I think ice dancing is interesting for uh, Richard Mandela. You know, he's he's a pretty patient trainer. After that first race, he goes right into the Delmar debutante. This horse ran, ran very well off the bench the last time from the rail draw. I had a big work last uh, on the 19th um, with a horse named Lorena Lorona who won the won the, uh, her debut by like seven lengths at one to five. And I think this horse is uh, at six to one is, is worth a play in here. The other horse I like is uh, Royal Spa, who's also drawn the rail the last couple of times that she has won sprinting. And I like the move to Ortiz. And this horse has been out here for about a month working over the track and uh, I think is is – ready to run a big race. So I'm, I'm going to use a couple others as well, but uh, those are a couple horses I wanted to mention. Three, six, five for the name check. You have anything yeah. at a price to maybe mention as a backup in the notes or, or is it really mostly going to be focused on those three? Probably those three. Uh, maybe, maybe big pond is a B. Yeah. Big pond is actually who I ended up picking in the race, but I was yeah. going to bring up if nobody else did, let's get JK's thoughts. And then maybe we'll do a, a couple more questions on this race. JK, what do you think uh, in this, in this Lebre? Is it as, is it as simple as how? No, I'm ice cold and clearly unhinged. Uh, I'll use how as a single B horse. Um, just not as fast as I'd like to see. Clearly unhinged has shown consistency in being fast. I think Michael McCarthy does an outstanding job. I like the draw for clearly unhinged outside of uh, of how and uh i'll be ice cold to clearly unhinged and i'll use uh i'll use how as a b-horse the interesting angle on clearly unhinged i think jonathan is here's a grade one race where so many are being tested for class and we know that uh, clearly unhinged has the class with you know grade one placing albeit you know we don't need to get into the particulars of how that was earned but uh still coming out of a race like the the philly and mayor well, sprint i you know i thought those were, you know in fairness she would have still been grade one placed regardless. That's right. Yeah. She just would have been third, uh, just a little bit farther back, not beating the head. But the, I thought big pond was interesting to maybe trip out. I wanted to use big pond with those big two. I just thought big pond's really cool. Consistent cow bread. I thought had an excuse last time. I love that form from the fleet treat, you know, with ceiling crusher having come back to do what she did since. And feels like just one who's going to get an amazing trip under Frankie Dottori. Love that jockey booking. So I'm going to mostly be playing an exactus here with Howell and Clearly Unhinged and some Big Pond as well. Let's move on to the last race of the sequence. We've got two-year-old maiden special weights, uh, 12 of them, in fact. They're going a mile on the turf, these fillies. The good news is uh, only a couple of first-time starters, lots of exposed form, so not too difficult to task, hopefully, for us dealing with these maidens on the grass and the last race. But, Jake, hey, I'll ask you the key question when it comes to this Boxing Day pick six at Santa Anita. How are we going to get paid? Uh, I think we'll get paid if the one, two, five, six, eight, nine, ten, or 11 win. These races, <laughs> I, I have no idea. The, um. Uh, you can make a case for all of 
Um, I think that some of my skinnier opinions early, I've, I've afforded myself the right to be able to spread in here. Um, I mean, they all look the same. The ones that have run, uh, respect the crown, flight to quality, visually, uh, art, uh, or whatever that is. They all look the same. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to spread in here. I, I, I can lie to you until you have a strong opinion, but that wouldn't be much of the Christmas. We don't need that. When you have, so let me see if I, I, you know, I only had that, uh, well, it's a little host test here. I wrote down one, two, five, six, nine, ten, eleven. Did I get that right? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eight, nine. I missed one. All right. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm going to call that. I'm not going to copy. This is one of those fail. situations where just to be clear, if I look at my, if I lay out all my tickets in it and it's just too much of an investment that I want, I will toss how, and I'll, I'll fly solo with clearly unhinged if I had to. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Uh, what about when you're constructing tickets with this approach? Now, you know, you know, you know, you obviously know Respect the Crown, for example, is going to be a, a lot lower price than a, a runner like uh, like the McCartney first or Speed Chopper. Are you still okay having them for the same amount of uh, of base units in your ticket construction, or will you do no, anything? no? But if you don't have a tool to file upload, then you don't have. There's no way to solve that problem. A well, realistic can... way to solve the problem. I mean, sometimes I'll just go ahead and I'll do sort of a weighted all or all. It, this isn't an all, but like the big spread for 50 cents and I'll come back with three horses I like for like, you know, another dollar or something. It's yeah, not but the other thing about it is too, though, for me in these situations where I've decided to use eight horses or seven horses, I clearly don't think the favorite has that much more of an edge over the other horses. So I don't feel the need to press them up. I think right. that that's the kind of situation where, you know, you're talking about the Kentucky Derby where you love a horse you've been following all year at your Derby horse. It's 10 to one, but you also respect the three to one favorite and the six to one second choice. Then you want to kind of press those horses up so that you're not upside down in a big sequence on a big day or something like that. But I think in a situation like this, you know, trying to get respect the crown to be a little bit more equitable is not really that necessary, especially considering that you like seven, eight horses in the race. You probably don't like that horse that much anyways. And the equity and the value of the sequence probably is being protected by that horse, but hoping that the horse doesn't win. And then you pick up the value of the horses that are higher prices. What a great point. Chappie, how about you? Any more clarity in this nightcap? I have less clarity than JK does. I, I, I couldn't wait to get out all another way. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get to this race. I'm like, I'm going to watch every replay, find trouble, find somebody who's working well, nothing. I wrote, on the top, nothing stands out. Um, even like a horse like Respect the Crown, that last race, you couldn't draw up a more perfect trip for that horse, and the horse still couldn't win the race. Nope. So I'm as many as I can use, I'm gonna use in here because I just couldn't come up heads or tails with anything in this in this spot. So nothing to name check for the notes. I'm basically just gonna say no I mean, opinion I, as many I, as you can. My, my top pick, I guess, would be the eight flight to quality uh, second time going long for D'Amato. But the horse did get bet first time at all, out at all. Uh, ran on okay, and I like Ortiz jumping up board. But this is just maybe maybe eight, nine. But uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be six, seven, eight deep in here like J.K. All right. Skip, you before when they were – similarly all over the place with picks you had some uh so, some real conviction how about this time what do you want to how do you want to approach this last race at santa anita on opening day well i'm with the boys with this one i can't make heads or tails of it i don't like anybody if i had to you know one that they didn't mention i will uh is gerwig 
This horse is by Kenton's Joy. That last race just looked like a prep. It, it broke bad. Franco just had this horse lagged back. This horse wants two turns. So I think maybe to price Gerwig, make sure you put that horse on your ticket. Like Chappie said, respect the crown. Had the perfect trip last time and still couldn't get it done. I'm kind of against respect the crown in here because if it couldn't win that last race, I, I don't know if it will win and it will be, you know, it will be the favorite. McCarthy's got good numbers when they debut at a mile on the grass. He's got three of them in here. Don't use or don't leave his horses out. And speaking of Michael McCarthy, I think he's going to have a big Santa Anita meet. So pay attention to him and uh, make sure you, you, you follow him. I think he's, he's primed for a big meet. With the replay horses, flight to quality is the only one that I made notes for. Um, off slow, slow pace, rank should move up big time in here. I love the jock change. Um, and then C Dancer, this horse I think will improve. First race in California had some trouble. Detori jumps aboard. I definitely like C Dancer, probably be my top pick if I had to pick one on top. I'm tempted to go with Gerwig because I like the case you made so much for her, but I'll call it 10 3 and then mention those others. Uh, skip hoping that Gerwig, not just for Barbie fans here on Open Day. <laughs> Boys, we've been through the card. I'll look quickly and see if there's any quick questions we can answer while Skip uh, prepares for uh, my favorite Christmas story. Um, we did have a question about the weather. What are things looking like out there, Chappie? Let me let me look it up. I, you know, I, I when I looked the other day, it looks like it was going to be 66 and sunny. So 66, 67 degrees. The rain has gone by. We're going to be fast and firm. We're we're all good. I'm I'm as you move to JK, I'll I'll get a current update here. I'm, I'm I love I'm it. Like, you do that, Jonathan. We're just about done with you. You have no other official responsibilities, but I am curious about your uh, your Christmas holiday and your Boxing Day. Obviously, you'll be getting after this. You have any other final thoughts for the viewers and listeners when it comes to this fifth uh, anniversary ITM show? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Uh, I I I married into Italian, so you know I've got the, the feast of the seven fishes today. It's about to go nice. down uh, tomorrow. It'll be pasta and all kinds of food. Uh, not only did I marry into an Italian, I married into restaurant Italians. So like, <laughs> food is obviously the biggest thing. Um, and then you know, I just, I think that every time I think about Santa Anita opening day and I, I see the the numbers, you know, twelve slash twenty six, it it makes me think about one thing and one thing only, which is, um you know, some of the amazing times I had going to Santa Anita with my father uh, in the last maybe 10 years before he passed and, and, and going and seeing my brother, my brother in LA and us going over to, uh, to Santa Anita on, on, on opening day. And so every time I see it, it makes me think, uh, think about my dad and us going out there. So it's always a fun day. It's a beautiful day. And, and, um, and you guys are, are primed to have some fun out there. That's awesome. Big ups to Big Ralph. And yeah, I wish I had gotten to do that with you guys one time. One of these days we need to do uh we need to do a and that because it's it's our anniversary, right? So one of these years we have to do our anniversary party in the Logan suite on opening day. Well, I, I think we could convince our significant others to get up early on the 26th and, and head out to the sunshine for a few days. What do you think? Yeah, well, they better have pasta or I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna be drawn dead. <laughs> We can make our own. We can make our own. You've got other Italians in the mix. Chappie, what did you find out in terms of this forecast? 66 and sunny. And then, you know, I always look forward to opening day. But I also think now, 
every time 1226 comes around, I'm like, okay, Skip and all our birthdays are in February. Every year goes faster and faster. I just, I'm like, man, we're getting old. I, <laughs> I have every year now, I, I have more things that hurt on me. And I, I always think I'm like 25 and now I'm starting to realize I'm, I'm getting close to double nickels and good Lord, <laughs> am I getting old, but, but I'm ready for opening day. Good weather. Yeah, JK, JK, the comparative youngster of the group. I think uh, Skip yeah. and I know exactly what you're talking about there, Chappie. All right, Skip, you, I'm going to yield the floor to you, and, and I want to hear the greatest story of degeneracy ever told. <laughs> oh, Skippy Claus. Uh, as you guys know, the dungeon is a special, special place out at Santa Anita. The best of the best hang out there. You got Toothless Ray. You got Cuban... Cuban, uh, what's who was his name? You got Grumpy Kevin. You got uh, Stinky Charles. Anyways, Bandstand Hal. You got Cinched down there. Anyways, uh, a few years back, I was down there, and uh, it was late, late in the afternoon, late or actually early in the evening, and I ended up deciding it was right around Christmas time. I said I'm going to buy all these guys tickets at Cal Expo of all places. And I was so happy, you know, I liked a couple horses and then I went all Christmas in one Eve, race. And I, Christmas Eve? This was, no, this was before Christmas Eve. This was about a week out before Christmas. Okay. And um, so I bought everybody tickets. I bought like 12 people tickets. The tickets were very cheap, like $10, $12. And so we watched the first race there. Then I got a call from the wife. So I had to get home. Second race I watch is I'm bringing home food when third race we go all. $100 horse wins. So I'm thinking, this has got a shot to hit. I'm so excited, not only for myself, I'm more excited for the guys that I bought the tickets for. And I had a single in the last race, and the single ends up winning. The pick pick five pays like $200 on a $10, $12 ticket. And I'm so happy thinking all these guys, oh, God, I made their Christmas. They're going to have a great time. You know, $200, that's a lot of money. And I get a phone call that – one of them, Toothless Ray, canceled the ticket. He didn't like the ticket. He canceled it. Charles, Stinky Charles, he ends up canceling the ticket and bets a $6 ticket so he could have five extra dollars. Grumpy Kevin, I see Kevin. He didn't even thank me for the ticket. I was so happy for them all. And they were all like, there was like three guys that were happy. The rest of them were mad or not happy. It's like, oh my God, I'll never do that again. It was crazy. Yeah. There you have it. Ray canceling the ticket. He canceled the ticket. And, and the guys, I'm telling you, like five guys, they didn't even thank me for it. They're like, oh, like they expected it. <laughs> you know, uh -oh. Skippy Santa Claus. You know, their whole lives they've been waiting for Santa Claus, and there you were in the dungeon, legendary simulcast spot at, at Santa Anita, and 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 so you arrived. But I I love that story, and I know this audience will love that story. So, Skip, I really appreciate you sharing it. But more than that, appreciate all of your thoughts and work on this card. I think we've given the people some good ideas to get out there rocking and rolling. JK had to split. Uh, he had the course of a uh, scungeal, I think it was, waiting for him up there in Saratoga. But you boys, uh, you know, thanks for, for bringing the festive. And I hope we get to do more of these mashups. Hey, for my listeners and viewers who love your act and want to get more of it, where can folks find more of you guys uh, on the radio? So we are uh, am830.net, uh, also the Angels Radio 
app. And uh, we are on Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. And also, we always do Instagram Live and Facebook Live. And that's TMLAM830, at TMLAM830 Live, every Saturday morning, Pacific time, 8 to 9. Great stuff. And if you ever get hard up for a guest, boys, I owe you one. Would love to, to come on and uh, do some capping with you because it's always fun to get a chance to, to hang out and see what's up. Thanks to everybody. Really well attended seminar. We'll get this up in all the usual channels, but we actually had a terrific live audience today. Thanks to everybody. Apologies. We couldn't get to everything in the comments uh, for Jonathan Kinchin, for Chappie, for Skippy Santa Claus, this show has been a production of In The Money Media, brought to you by our friends at Santa Anita. We should remind folks also that after, we should give them the schedule real quick, Chappie, because after the what, what when, when do you guys run after opening day? You take a day off and come right back, or how do you? What, what do you? What is your so schedule next week? We run on Tuesday, and then we come back. We run Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So big, yeah. Big four day weekend. We'll have coverage of that too here on the show. Um, and again, you can check out the guys on 8.30 a.m. and, you know, get lots more information. Uh, Santanita.com. Great handicapping stuff on there. Once again, the show has been a production of In The Money Media. For JK, for Skip, for Chappie, I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. Happy holidays.